0: Hello and welcome to The Urbanist, Monocle's programme all about the built environment and how to make our cities better places to live in. I'm Andrew Tuck.
1: Coming up... This is how you build trust between the people who are leading the
0: city and its citizens. I understand our citizens as a client. We head to Bratislava this week to meet Matos Valo, the bass-playing architect-mayor who's been hard at work delivering a renaissance for the capital of Slovakia since 2018 brandishing a manifesto for improving public spaces restoring neglected buildings and renewing pride in a city with a turbulent past fallow has been consistently popular with voters so join me over the next 30 minutes as we meet him and his unofficial network of urban change makers that's all coming up right here on the urbanist with me andrew tuck Change is afoot in the Slovak capital of Bratislava. We've spent the past few days in the city shadowing mayor Matos Valo and also meeting a cast of designers, planners and other creatives who are all part of his unofficial support network. But Valo is not your usual local leader. He's an architect by training who spent time in Rome, Paris, London and New York. Back in his home city, he became an activist long before any aspirations to become the mayor, campaigning for urban change, inspired by what he'd seen abroad. Oh, and he's a bass player too, in one of the country's most popular rock folk groups, Para. Vallo was re-elected last October for his second term, and with an increased majority too. His manifesto is anchored on making better public spaces, creating a child-friendly city, addressing the complex relationship with the capital's history and renewing civic pride. It's not an easy task, but along the way he's been helped by a group of people who are driven less by party politics and more by a passion for city making. Hello. Petra. Hi, Andrew. Hi. Hello. Well, nice to see you <laughs> finally. To see you. So <laughs> That's architect Petra Marco, yes. one of the halves of Marco and Placemakers. Together with her husband Igor, they run a practice focused on urban design and public spaces. So, who better to give us an overview of the current state of play? in Bratislava.
2: We are on the top of the, one of the high-rises. This is the Zahadi's development in Bratislava, and this is completely new for many Bratislava people. It's still very unusual. We kind of call it the downtown Bratislava now, but uh, it also causes a lot of friction because Bratislava was always a bit, you know, very kind of compact city, and, you know, and of course it changed a little bit in the 60s and 70s. But yeah, high rises are a bit new addition in the last 10 years, but I think it kind of adds to a diversity. To me, it's a new thing, you know, and of course we have to get used to it, but we need to still keep the balance. We're up high looking out across the city. Petra, the city has changed a lot over time.
0: Tell us about the mix of things we're seeing here because there's 30s apartment blocks, there's a, a part of the city across the river, there's monuments to the Soviet era. Tell us a little bit about the architectural makeup of the city we see.
3: We're looking at the Bratislava castle and we're looking effectively from here at Bratislava Old Town which is nestled between the Carpathian mountains and the river Danube. And as you can see, the character of the city is very different on the two parts of the river. So on the right-hand side, we've got the old town with the tight urban blocks. They're very popular with sort of old town residents and a pedestrianized historic town center and the cathedral. And on the other side, across the river Danube, we've got Petrželka, which is the biggest suburb. It houses around 100,000 people, which was built in the 70s. It has, as you can see, very different character. It's a very open structure with lots of in-between spaces and it's the sort of typical socialist panel block buildings that you can see across many cities in Central and Eastern Europe. And then there is a protected green embankment area and part of it is going to be transformed and developed. So Bratislava is in the process of growing on both sides of the river and the relationship to the riverfront is being kind of formalized and built up on the other side of Danube as well.
0: Over the next couple of days, we want to try and learn a little bit about your home city. And one of the reasons we're here is because there is this way of addressing the past and bringing the architecture of the past back into the narrative, but also plotting a a new and interesting future for Bratislava. And we've come here because it feels that there's a bit of a tipping point that people are trying to do some interesting work. Tell us how you see this moment in the history of Bratislava
2: for its architecture, its public realm, its urban environment it's of course very difficult to describe what's really happening in Bratislava. For many people it could feel chaotic, you know it's very difficult to kind of comprehend but for me this is a tipping point you know, because you know I feel that Bratislava is like a teenager now, it's like really kind of grows up quickly, there is a dynamic but it's very difficult to control it and kind of understand what is really happening but it takes time, we just need to wait a little bit and of course be very careful because this is the very decisive moment but a lot of things are happening at once of course there is a lot of mistake being done and of course we regret that but it's a part of the story we need to get used to it and again you know we're still trying to find a balance and a character it's always difficult to talk about the uh, identity of Bratislava. i think that's very fluid something what is very difficult to describe but for me it is something what is somehow connected to diversity and openness i'm optimist i look forward and uh, again a lot of people would disagree with me but i feel i feel home here Petra, perhaps before we go any further, we should explain that both you and Igor are very much involved in this
0: story. You're architects, you're looking at the public realm. Tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing here in the city and have done in the city.
3: We started to do more work in Bratislava only some eight years ago. We've been based in London for a long time. That's where we founded our practice. And our work is primarily focused on public spaces and urban design and public space strategy. In the first couple of decades after the change of regime in 1989, public space kind of really fell behind and wasn't really taken care for by the city or by the private sector and we are seeing in the last decade really redressing of this relationship and as you will be walking around you will see very different kinds of architecture and very different quality of public spaces so there are really big differences sometimes they're very stark differences and we are in the process where the city and the local authority is getting more mature in terms of their demands onto private sector developers where the developers are also much more aware about the quality of public spaces that they need to deliver when they are building mixed use or housing or new office blocks. The expectations of what is going to happen between the buildings is much higher than a decade ago. So we are seeing really increased interest in the quality of public space and we're seeing it through lots of bottom-up initiatives, but we're seeing it also from the city hall with large transformation projects led by the city. And we are seeing it also from private investors who are also shaping dramatically the city.
0: One of the big City Hall-led projects Petra mentions there is the redevelopment of Bratislava's Freedom Square, taking an architectural intervention of the communist era into the future. We got our hard hats on and tagged along with Mayor Valo for a visit.
1: We are in the Square of Freedom, which are under reconstruction right now. We are standing in a body of old fontaine. It's a beautiful sculpture. Our architects make a big change. The entrance to the surrounding of fontaine was always prohibited. Now they completely open it, and it's becoming a children's
0: playground. So in the centre, there's this kind of triumphalist, huge silver piece of architecture, statuary, and then around this massive plaza where the water is going to trickle down. Now this plays into lots of things that you're doing here in Brasdava, but the idea of bringing play back into the city, because you were saying this is a, a square that was hardly used until recently.
1: This is a square with raised part of it, so the idea of 70 design was not to permit big masses to organise here. Now we're putting some of these elevated parts down and preparing also the square to be able to host bigger events, concerts, demonstration. So is it really going to be a square of freedom.
0: And just tell me the, the area is surrounded by government buildings and official buildings. Do these people get involved? Are they supportive of the things that you're doing? This is a tough one
1: yeah. because uh, my alma mater faculty of architecture is here and they own a few meters from the building and they're using it as a parking. And uh, during the last two years, we weren't able to make them understand that they need to find a parking somewhere else. We don't want to see the cars parked in our square. But this is reality. We, we're always talking with every stakeholder, and I hope they will understand.
0: OK, we must let them get back to work, I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do have so much time. OK,
0: let's go for lunch. A place that is bustling at lunchtime, well, especially on a Saturday, is the Old Market Hall. First erected in 1910, it ceased being a food market in the 1960s, and up until 10 years ago, the building was boarded up. But then, a group of activists came together to form the Old Market Alliance and created a project to revive the building.
4: Hi, I'm Gabo Bindic and uh, I'm one of the founder of the of the Market Hall in Bratislava.
5: I'm Marek Ladiver and I'm the PR and a uh, guide.
0: Gabo, just tell us a little bit about the history of this building because it's bustling today. We're here on a Saturday. It's full of market stools but only 10 years ago it was empty and had been left to rot, as it were. How did you get involved in it, the story of the market, and and what's happened here?
4: Yeah, it was like an initiative of Alliance of Market Hall, that was a civic association, and we bring eleven energies to the Market Hall, you know, that was like the first thing, why now you see these pictures and this like view in the market. Uh, 10 years ago when we started the market, it was like a uh, few only just sellers and, uh, and few people who are uh, like uh, sh- shopping here and, and, and have these meetings here. But now it's uh, 5,000 people visiting the market hall. And it's only about the energy of these people and the organically how it grows the market basically
5: the saturday market became like a tradition it's like a social sort of spending of saturday you can bring the kids here they have a theater so it became like a tradition to uh, like a build of relationships between the producers and the Uh, customers so the children can know how the seasonal uh, vegetables are made or how the products go seasonally here so they sort of learn from the producers like uh, when uh, it's carrot when it's uh, uh, potato when are apples so it's naturally uh, their relationship
0: you and gabo have kindly walked us around the market up on the roof you have a a community garden in the basement you have a brewery you, you have 3D printing, you have all these things going on, so it's a place for entrepreneurship you're trying to push people to be a little bit more sustainable with how they make products, so it's a bit of an an ideas lab as as well as a market in a way.
5: Yes, it's a place where lots of new ideas are generated and people sort of have a sense that if you mean something uh, then it can happen we're trying to sort of follow the codex of slow food. So we're trying to uh, promote and help the, the local and, and small brewers to compete with the uh, outside uh, supermarkets, uh, uh, trends and uh, uh, environment.
0: And Gabo, you, you're not just thinking about architecture or buildings, you're thinking about this also as a, a social space. And what do you see as the bigger purpose of the market in the city?
4: My background is not architectural and um, I'm following the philosophies about the Foucault philosophy, about the squares, about the places and we need to feel new things in the places, we need to bring a new social life in the places, then we made to change it and then we made to change all the city. Our philosophy: we think it's like very, very important to have a good architecture. Henry Lefebvre have like a, the place have a trialectic and one is the technical, what is the architectural place. One is the social. How you feel in the place? How you're feeling with the smells, with the small things, and the third is how you interpret the place from outside. So I think this is the important thing. What we are doing, like bringing a, a new life, we are understanding the past and what's the new ways and rethinking and rebuilding these emotional connections with the people, with this social and the interpretation of the space. But it's very important to do this good placing physically. It's fascinating that people come here and they perhaps they just come to buy some carrots or have a coffee,
0: but behind it all there is deep philosophical thinking about the square and how the public comes together and meeting in these places. and. We know that that's more important than ever for holding societies together and getting different people to mix. So it's a, an extraordinary effort. And, and how amazing for both of you that this is spilling out onto the streets and, and literally changing the neighbourhood as people leave here with their, maybe just with their coffee and their, their bread. But they leave with not knowing why perhaps, but knowing that something has changed their minds while they've been here. One thing we've learned since arriving in Bratislava is that there are no more than three degrees of separation in this town. Almost everyone we've met so far was part of the ensemble behind Plan Bratislava, a book by a network of urban creatives that proposed a new vision and future for their city. Matosvalo, then an architect-activist, was an anchoring force behind it and in 2018 used Plan Bratislava as his campaign manifesto. I wanted to know if that experience had been key to becoming a good mayor.
1: You need to take all the good stuff from that and leave the bad stuff behind. So from activism era, the big ideas, the fact that when you're activist you're a little bit naive, which is a part of our strength, but you need to leave behind the fact that you are not, don't have responsibility. Now as a mayor, when I say something, it means that I need to deliver or I need to come with an idea which is real. From architecture profession of course I'm taking the know-how about public space. One of the revolution we're doing in Bratislava is that we are changing public space. Nobody before me did it. All the mayors were some lawyers or politicians in the end of the beginning of their careers. But now I'm the one who understand the importance of good quality public space and how this space can change the perception of its citizen, of the citizen of the city, of how we're living our lives, how we treat each other. Because this is the main thing, the fact that people are living together in a good way, treating each other with uh, respect. That's the main thing. If this is happening, all other stuffs are working.
0: One of the fascinating things about how you won that first election was you created this book, Plan Bratislava, and you did that with a graphic designer, with the assistance of other architects. Just tell us a little bit about that but because it's become a bit of a legend about how it took off. Because it's interesting, it's almost an academic approach to getting elected. But the public understood it, the press understood it.
1: Yeah, in the end, this book was created by 77 people. There was like lawyers, environmentalists, people from finances, architects, sociologists, all the people who are able to put together good know-how about the city. So I put this amazing group of people together and said, let's create together in one and a half year the best plan Bratislava ever had. And I told them, if we're going to have this material, I'm going to run for mayor with your material. But what I'm going to give you back that your ideas in our book, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make them reality. I know in the beginning sounds very crazy, but I was surprised how good uh, in the end it works. The first two years when I became mayor, I was just using this book as a Bible and following everything we invented in the
0: book. Another central player of Plan Bratislava was Martin Jenka, a graphic designer and co-founder of design and communications practice, Milk. He's also part of the Old Market Alliance, responsible for reviving the building. See, I told you that everyone is somehow connected. Martin also co-owns a bookshop called Bröt, selling design, architecture and urbanism titles. After a walk around his neighbourhood, we perched down outside the store for a chat. Martin, we've come to your bookshop now. What was the ambition, because you've only had this just over a year, what was the ambition when you opened the shop?
6: For me, it's to introduce these kind of topics to the creative community because the shop is built for professionals who are working in creative fields so, and I think there is a big room to educate themselves or ourselves. So I opened the shop and I want to educate or inspire myself and then offer the same amount to others who work also in creative fields.
0: Now, you're not just selling books. One of the many reasons we're seeing you here in Bratislava is because some time ago you were involved in putting together this book, Plan Bratislava. Just tell us a little bit about how that book came about.
6: For us, the book was the main platform how we can distribute the topic of Bratislava and how we can make Bratislava the main star of the communication campaign, not like the mayor but think what we really can do with Bratislava and how we see Bratislava.
0: So it put out some ideas about how the city could change. But the interesting thing is, you know, a book about urbanism, it caught the imagination of the ordinary person in the street who was going to vote and who, it turned out, cared about their city. Were you surprised at how successful it was?
6: Yeah, definitely. I was really surprised because it ran out like three times so we did like three reprint of the books and it was like a hard topic but I think the form of the book was really nice and colorful and popular and people want to have it as uh, members of the city so I've lived there, I have to have this book because it's uh, about me also I think we, we started this movement taking care of the place where I live or where we live
0: you you have a, a training in graphic design you understand graphic design it's an interesting idea as we begin to try and bring people in our cities along on journeys about complicated things, about environment sustainability, about building new parks about getting rid of cars do you see a particular role for good graphic design can graphic design help in the communication do you think
6: yeah, definitely. The visual communication is uh, like, a crucial thing that can help inspire and popularise complex topics. So we can uh, introduce complex topics in uh, easy way and set the tone for the eyes and you will see first, then you can listen. So I think the visual communication is really important.
0: Lots of the projects that are happening in the city are to encourage kids to be out on the street on their bikes and to walk and to feel that the spaces are safer from traffic and that the public realm should be places where you can linger and stay because maybe in the past they weren't designed with that in mind is this the kind of change you hope to see happen
6: yeah i think it's happening right now so the public space for me or the streets are important so we should behave at the street like at home so and if you like taking care of the streets then We can feel like a home and for me this street where the bookstore is my home so I'm taking care of it and I think it's a good beginning.
0: Creating this sense of civic pride and a feeling of belonging is something that's high on the agenda for Mayor Vallo. I wanted to hear more about the immediate issues that he was keen to tackle when he first walked into City Hall. There are many priorities. One of them was to really have control
1: on our city companies, for example, waste management or public transportation company, where hundreds of millions are spent every year. But before I became mayor, the CEOs and the leaders of this company were always used on some very shady political agreements, you know. So we said no more, we stop it. We make the whole process of deciding who is going to run any of our companies transparent and it's paying off because we have very good people there. So this is just one of the very important stuff. The second one was to find the best people for public procurement because public procurement is something where you can really save the money. Many times was where the corrupted people were stealing money from the city. Now I'm happy that last year we always winning the prize
0: for best public procurement on the city level. Was it dangerous for you doing that? Because that sounds like you're... Coming in as this yeah. person who doesn't respect how people think business should be done, did people threaten you at that time? Or? It's exactly how you said it in very diplomatic
1: way. And I became married in a very specific period of the history of Slovakia, where these friends of oligarchs and mafia guys kill a young journalist and his fiance, and a huge pushback from public was here, like serious demonstration. The government stepped down. All of these mafia. People were a little bit scared and everybody was a little bit laying low. And in this period, I became mayor and did all the difficult changes in a very quick way because I have my plan B.
0: You've been re elected in October with a, an even bigger mandate, but it's four and a half years. But you've had the pandemic in the middle, but you've managed to keep somehow that pace of delivery. Even during the pandemic, were you sending your teams out to plant trees and to continue with those projects?
1: The first year was quite good was 2019, and in the first month of 2020, just pandemic kicking in, you know, everything was stopped. When pandemic ended, the Russia invaded in this very horrible and unjustified war, Ukraine, our neighbor, and every day from day one, more than thousand people came here, just kids with their moms. So we have like these two difficult situations. And after that, economic crisis, inflation, energy costs were crazy. So, actually, I don't remember how it is to operate in a normal condition. There's only crisis. So, this is our new normal. Trying to do and push the city forward during the crisis, and on one hand, dealing with new public space, all this beautiful stuff, and others say uh, trying to help uh, Ukraine refugees on checking out our 1,200 clients from our older centers if they're okay because of COVID, you know and taking all precautions to not to have COVID in our senior houses so this is one of the most difficult things I did in my 45 years of course.
0: Tell me one of the ways that you've done this is by building this Metropolitan Institute of Bratislava this is a team that sits within City Hall but they run all the demands for design they put out projects for tender they deliver on some projects what's the significance of this group within City Hall?
1: I mean, there used to be this idea or this narrative that you can pay somebody off there. They don't have, like, real experience because nobody really wants to work for City Hall. I'm really trying, I need to say, I think I'm succeeding to make working for City Hall, like, sexy. Like, people want to work for City Hall because they see that they're doing some good stuff, you know. And this is very interesting thing, that many people now working for City Hall, which came from private. And when I ask them why they're doing it, they always say that, for moments we want to do some general good for everybody not to making money for somebody we don't know for example and this is why i feel very lucky about my job
0: so the metropolitan institute so you've shown us some of the projects that they've achieved which is you know everything from greening the tracks in between the tram lines to building better stations on the tramways to creating public space to finding a park bench that comes here one of the big focuses is on making the city more child safe and friendly why the focus on that is that because it's also good at persuading the adults to come along on the journey because if you get their kids happy they will give you their backing (laughs) this can be one of the outcomes (laughs) now the main thing is that of course i became a father
1: during my first term and i start to see Everything I need to admit from different perspective. I understand the kids are the central part of our existence. So of course, I want to have a perfect manual how we're keeping our kids safe in public space. And from that we start to work on it and how we can make a trip of our kids to elementary school safer. And from that you go in very concrete details like crosswalks and all the stuff. And of course, that if you are dealing with kids. Everybody wants to work on it.
0: How important is design and brand and graphics? Because you come from that background, you've used it from the beginning, you've designed a graphic solution to a pavement. Do you believe in the power of brand and good designs make people happier and more connected to the city? The city was
1: always using the outside company for any graphic design. What I did, we hire our own graphic designers. We are doing a very good communication. We're using this communication for only reason to make people understand what is happening to the city, what we are doing, how we are spending our money and time and energy, what we are preparing for participation and for all this you have one very good communication channel with tone of voice which is perfect for the occasion, which is exactly right, it's different during the COVID it's different during the, our city days when everybody's out and doing and the concert, it's different when I need something, it's different when I asking them, the people for opinion. And it's very important. This is how you build trust between the people who are leading the city and its citizens. And I understand our
0: citizens as a client. You earlier said to your team, when we, we sat in a meeting, you said, uh, beware of ideological blindness. You're the activist who's become a pragmatist as well. I became a servant of our citizen.
1: And of course, that I have my values. And of course, I'm fed that We will push cars out of the street and leave the bus line there because it's more important for me, 80 people in the bus so they can reach their bus stop in much quicker pace or whatever. But it's also very important to understand how we are touching people's life, you know. So what I understand without compromising my values and what I want to achieve doing things sometimes maybe slower and understanding how we're really touching and influencing people's lives.
0: The process of reclaiming some of those companies for the city wasn't easy, but this investment in public enterprises seems to be paying off. Take the municipal waste management company Olo, for example. Last year, City Hall decided to open Colo, part shop, part reuse centre. It takes residents' unwanted goods, cleans them up and sells them for cheap to the next person. On the opening weekend, over seven tonnes of goods were collected and nearly 800 people visited the shop. It's good for the economy, the environment, the city... And it seems to be working.
7: My name is Ila, Ila van Ooyen. I'm a photographer and I work for my NGO that I run together with my friend. It's called OZPunkt and I am like a creative director of our activities. Kolo is basically like a flagship store for the cooperation of municipality with the trash company and it has two major functions. One is to collect and redistribute or reused stuff that people don't want anymore, and the other one is to educate that this is a good thing, that it is possible, and also how to support the circular system within the city.
0: Now, we've walked around, there's everything from car seats for children, furniture, records, books, toys, mostly at a very, very affordable price. So the ambition here isn't to make a fortune out of these things, it is to keep things out of going into the rubbish.
7: Exactly. It's prevention of production of waste. What we do is when the used goods come in, we weigh them and we write down in what kind of category things are brought in, if it's a book or if it's a children's toy. The numbers that are important for the waste company but also for the city is is how much waste have we prevented over, over the course of a year, over two years, three years, five years.
0: On our last day, we head out of the Slovak capital to the town of Trencin, close to the Czech border. If over the last few days we've been chronicling Bratislava's urban transformation, today it's all about seeing another side of its leading man. We're here to watch Mayor Vallo become bass player Vallo in a sold-out end-of-tour concert for his band Para.
8: Well, it's a... A pretty strange end to a couple of days with a mayor, an elected official, here to talk about what he's doing for his city and for Bratislava. But there's something quite amazing about seeing this six piece band in front of an audience of 700 in the town of Trenchin. We've driven about an hour and 20 minutes outside of Bratislava, and the crowd are going mad. They know every lyric, they're all in harmony, they're all in tune with what's going on on stage. And it makes me wonder, is this is this what the mayor thinks when he looks at his city, when he thinks about an electorate, or when he thinks about a fractured electorate? How, how do you get people to be in harmony? How do you get everybody to come along for a journey? Because he must look at this audience all jumping, clapping, singing along together and think, you know what? It must be possible to get this magic actually in City Hall too.
0: That's all for this week's episode of The Urbanist. To read our full report from Bratislava, get a copy of the new Quality of Life issue of Monocle magazine. Available in all good newsstands right now. Today's show was produced by Carla Rabello and David Stevens, and they both edited the show too. And to play you out this week, who else other than Mayor Vallo's own band Para, with their hit "To Okolonas." Thank you for listening, City Lovers. <laughs>